Go Late Selects. Brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. So, lads, who's going to win the World Cup? In a word, FIFA. Oh, very, very. <laughs> Shall we do politics on this podcast? <laughs> no, we no, we don't do politics on this. JC, who's going to win it? I think if I was given an honest answer and I was betting money, I'd say Brazil. They're just they're so good. Argentina, Argentina. It's Messi's time. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, welcome football fans and non-football fans to GoLad Selects, a GoLad original brought to you by the people at Sky. And unlike uh, FIFA, we are inclusive. We will listen to non... We will uh, kind, gladly have non-football listening fans and football... Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. I can't yeah, speak English. Yeah. We're, coming, we're coming from a low base there. Yeah, everybody's oh, yeah. welcome. About recommending things, uh, football and other things uh, that you can watch on your television this week. And we're going to start with a brilliant recommendation from Sky. It's a film uh, that you can see on Sky Cinema right now, and it's called Aisha. Aisha, you're saying that your life would be in danger if you were to return to Nigeria. Yes, I have no place to go. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'll spell it and you can tell me if I am or not. A-I-S-H-A. Aisha, that'll do me. Close enough. It stars Josh Cullen, who will be uh, most prominently known for his starring role as Prince Charles in the last season of The Crown. No relation to Bill Cullen. Probably the <laughs> Could be a distant one. I mean, he's got a very sounding Irish name, but he is, he is a British actor. And um, not sure if he ever sold cars for a living before the acting thing took off. <laughs> you never know. Or, or Penny Apples, for that matter. So it stars Josh, and it also stars the brilliant actress Letitia Wright, who will be known... I guess most notably for her roles in both the Black Panther movies. It's, it's directed by Frank Berry, who did Michael Inside. Are you familiar with the work of Frank? No, I'm not. His name doesn't ring a bell, no. Okay, well, this is a, a, an Irish-based story, and it is tells the story of a Nigerian refugee who's played by Letitia Wright, and she's being held in a direct provision centre in Dublin, and she uh-huh. cannot return home to where she once came because her father and her brothers were murdered by gangsters. Wow. That's her character, Josh Cullen plays a security guard called Connor and he shows her some kindness and humanity in the face of all the kind of uh, small aggressions that she's faced while trying to come to terms with uh, what she has left behind back home in Nigeria. And it focuses on Ireland as a nation who we've always been known for our our, uh, hardworking emigrants as we went to the four corners of the world and then how that might, you know, not sit um, maybe we haven't returned the favour so equally when we look at the the state of our asylum seekers and direct provision and all that kind of stuff. So it's mm-hmm. a timely and topical movie and uh, Letitia Wright's performance has got a lot of praise for being authentic and dignified and uh, playing that character, going through all that turmoil and in a foreign country with uh, with great dignity. It is on Sky Cinema. And I think it might be one to get you thinking. You have failed to report to the Guard of National Immigration. Take it easy. Hold on. Take it easy. Take it easy. Please, Sorry. please, Jesus, no child. I didn't know I'd be doing stuff like that. Do you know, it's one of those, you, I always kind of gauge the mood of the country by uh, 
by the conversations I have with taxi drivers. Do you do that as well? I do to a point, yes, yeah. to a point, but I don't take taxi drivers and that's not all to lump them all into uh, one mind frame or one mindset. But um, that would be just like taking the views of a certain portion of people on Twitter as the mood in the nation. Yeah, no, but I mean, they always it, it's always the topic of the day that's, you know, for up for discussion, like the energy crisis fuel obviously would affect them. But I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, because I've been using a lot of taxis that, uh, you know, the whole situation with hotels and immigrants and all that, it's just, it seems to be all they're talking about, you know, it's a real, uh, it's a real hot potato, but this ain't no political podcast and we're not going down that particular cul-de-sac, we're here to talk about movies and TV shows that are good to watch, this sounds like one of the good ones. It does indeed, and some of the uh, other extended cast members in this include the likes of uh, Andy Kelleher. Uh, Tara Flynn has a role in it too, as does uh, Stuart Graham. So there'll be plenty of faces you'll know um, from various other works popping up in it as well. And reviews, reviews are good for this movie. It's on Sky Cinema now. Aisha. And it's available to watch from now. From now, right now, right this minute. If you can, if you can tear yourself away from the, what have you got? Three, four games a day at this stage. Three. Yes. Games. Well, at the time we record and we're recording this, uh, the US have just got one nil up against Wales. Wales. Wales, the South American team who mm. live you know, just from the on the left of England, the People's Republic of Wales. They are I have a soft spot, a spot for our, our Welsh brethren, and I really, yeah. hope they, I really hope they do go far. But like you say, currently, they're uh, one zip down in the good old US Bay, boy. And anyone listening to this may know the uh, the result by then that it could be a lot yeah. more because uh, what I saw of it before we started recording, the the Americans are all over them. I should look at we're gone down the road to politics and we're gone down the road to football. We're not going to talk about either of them. Have you anything to recommend your good self this week, Adolf? Yes, I do. I'm going to um, ask, I'm going to say a word, a name to you and John, mm-hmm. and I'll come to you, Simon, first for uh, an instant one-word reaction, okay? Yes, sir. You ready? Yes, sir. Bono. There's people out there that, you know, that would like to see their rock and roll stars, you know, die on a cross at 33, and if they don't, they want their money back. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Now we should we want to get political? Uh, Bono. Uh, mm, yeah. Uh, like I, a, I need like more than you. one word. John, Simon, Simon's totally fudged that one. I'll come uh, back to him. Saviour. <laughs> Saviour? Jesus Christ. That's pure irony, by the way. Uh, it couldn't sum Bono up in one word. It'd be so hard. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to gauge your instant reaction because Bono, I'm sure like uh, we throw the taxi drivers into that mix. Everyone has an opinion on Bono. They do. Particularly in Ireland, a lot of people, when you say Bono, they'll roll their eyes or or try out an explicit or mention something about uh, his tax arrangements and the like. The reason I bring up Bono is for anyone who doesn't know, Bono has released his uh, memoir, his autobiography. And I am currently listening and thoroughly enjoying oh you're it. listening to the old audio book yeah. and it is read and read beautifully and brilliantly by saviour as john would like to call him or the pox as other people might is call he him. trying to make himself sound like seamus Heaney though when he's reading it is it all very poetic he has a way with words i mean you, you can judge that by by his lyrics but yeah, he honestly, does, yeah. he's a tremendous storyteller a tremendous writer he's got a a great command of the english language he's got a awesome sense of humour and I'm telling you lads 
before we even get into discussing what's in the book, and there's a fucking lot of it, yeah. he is very self-effacing, very self-aware, and very quick to uh, himself. Did uh, you ever meet him? Anybody, anybody ever met him? I have uh, met him, yeah, briefly. Yeah, I think we all have a Bono story. I'll quickly tell mine, and then, Aidan, I'm sure you have one as well. Uh, I used to be professional poker player back in the day, and I spent what? a lot of time. Hang yeah. so, whoa, whoa, the pull up, but what fucking so stop the horses there? Pull the stagecoach over to the side of the road, tie the horses up, and get the fuck out of that wagon. I want to hear this fucking story. You were once a professional poker player. And I the was, yeah. I'm, asking, I'm wondering, because it's just the way it turns out, because we're going out for Christmas pints in a couple of weeks, and that could have ended up in a game of cards. Not any fucking more to that. <laughs> what did you play snap with you, John? Uh, Jesus look, Christ, we any good? Uh, I played professionally for 10 years, and I Get always paid the, the bills. Get out of here! Never went broke, so it wasn't bad. Um, I've yet to meet a gambler who, who will ever admit to losing money. Yeah, I was... Oh, your classic example of uh, I started playing, I started winning when I started playing. I never really went through the boom and bust kind of thing. I was always a steady player. But when I met, must he met Bono, when I saw Bono, it used to be an old uh, casino in town in Marion Square called the Marion Casino, kind of a relatively upmarket, you know, thick shag carpet, you know, a table service, the whole nine. And I started playing in there in my early 20s. I was there on probably a Wednesday or Thursday night, piss and rain, kind of this time of the year. Uh, one table going playing poker with all these basically taxi drivers and you know people with uh, <laughs> keeping odd hours. Taxi drivers uh, are really getting a lot of mention. Anti social buggers like yeah. yourself, right? The, the, you can imagine the conversation was uh, uh, almost non existent to uh, aggressive when you weren't, uh, I suppose, alert to when it was your go. But all of a sudden, I hear murmurs outside and you know, come on in, sir, and this way, sir, and that way, sir. And you hear all these footsteps trooping up the stairs in this kind of Georgian building. And who comes in first but Bono? The, kind of the shoulders thrown back, sunglasses on, and he's followed by obviously the Edge, Larry, Adam, and like Zane Lowe is there, Joe Wiley, like all these kind of muso types, and they start basically going into, into the next room and they they have a you know, a session of roulette and all these kind of you know what? high rolling games. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking around the corner and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, there's you two, and no one at the table gave a fuck. They were just like, "Here, young fella, it's your turn. Put in the money or or, or, or fold." Yeah. So I was like, this is great, you know, and I'm looking inside and kind of trying to see what's going on. And Bono's kind of holding court and he's telling stories. And But everyone's, you know, obviously been charmed by him. And uh, I'm just like, lads, lads, that's you too. Like, it's that's amazing. And like, I said, I don't hear ever met him before. And three people at the table are like, yeah, I met him before, I met him before. And I was like, oh, what was he like? And they were just like, I'll fucking tell you the story another time when we're not playing poker. Now, come on, let's go. Christ. Like, there was no not even entertainment of the idea that uh, they were an interesting discussion point, despite the fact they were sitting like literally two meters from us. Um, that was the closest I ever got to Bono, but he came across like a very charismatic guy, clearly not very good at gambling, but um, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting to see them on a wet Wednesday, November night. And they all came by horse-drawn carriages, like five of them outside. What? It real, yeah. It was a real look. Horse-drawn carriage? Loads. Yeah, loads of them. Supporting local industry or local local businesses, um, you don't get them anymore. The, 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 those or, or do you? Do you ever see them on the green? Green, yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah. Yeah. I think these felt like Bono's personal horse-drawn carriages, though they were all spangly and clean. There must be bollocks coming all the way up from Dockey. <laughs> Let's just park Bono for a moment. I'm intrigued, yeah. as is Simon, about your uh, moonlighting as a professional yeah. poker player. How does one become a professional po- poker player? Did you start out in the era? of the, um, when everyone started playing it online? Kind of. I, I used to watch this show on Channel 4 very late at night, uh, 
It was it was called Late Night Poker. It was a dead night. I know the guy who played the dealer in it. Really? Guy, yeah, he was a guy called Willie Byrne from Navin. All right. <laughs> now, this is true, right? Willie Byrne from Navin is the brother of Brian Byrne, who's a Grammy-nominated composer, Irish-born, uh, L.A. native. He wrote, uh, that's Sinead O'Connor song, was nominated for an Oscar and all that Grammy a couple of years ago. Brian is his brother, right? Or Willie is the, Willie is the brother, right? And Willie... <laughs> Willie ended up playing Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ Superstar in the West End. Phenomenal actor and singer. Right? You want to hear this guy sing? Unfucking believable. And I was talking to him one day. I was doing a concert with him. And I said to him, Willie, was that you I saw playing the dealer in that late night Channel 4 poker thing? He said, yeah, yeah, that was me. I said, how the fuck did you end up on that? And he said he was just approached one day in a nightclub. And he was asked, there was this, there was told this new Channel 4 TV show coming up and they wanted someone with a bit of a personality to play. The, do you remember him, John, no? Oh, very vaguely. Like that's, he's looking like in the late 90s now. Oh, you are, easily, yeah. Peter's got an ace on the board, an ace in his hand. Pair of aces beats Ram's pair of jacks. And Ram doesn't catch a jack on the river to win. Peter's takes the worst hand up against the best hand and wins a 2,000 pound British sterling pot. What do you think of that? I think, uh, I know, no, he's called the bandit. That's mad, isn't it? That's crazy. Did your family support your lifestyle choices, John? You see, as I said, when I started playing, I started winning as soon as I started playing. So the first tournament right. I entered was a, a free tournament in this place to Marion, uh, and I won it. And that gave me a ticket into a bigger tournament the next week, which I also won. And I think that was for probably like 4,000 euro at the time, uh, wow. which was a huge amount of money to me. And I came home and I said to my mum, I'm going to become a professional poker player. She's like, well, you better move out. I was like, no, no, hear me out. Uh, here's some money from uh, my latest win. And she was all like, okay, if you can make it work for you, good. But I was also a, a live sound engineer at the time, going slowly deaf, listening to bands, right. thrashed their way through uh, bad Ramones covers around town. So I probably was happy enough to let that go. Um, but it was just... You know, it was one of those things. My, my mum was always very supportive wow. of anything I wanted to do. But what was the biggest amount of money you ever won in a hand? <laughs> I knew you'd ask something like that. I can tell you yeah. the biggest amount of money I ever lost in a hand. Well, uh, tell me the and I can you tell you how I lost it too. Oh, do you remember that guy Beppe? He was a character in EastEnders. What's going on? Nothing. How could you do this? Dad's not been dead five minutes. She belong to you. Keep out of it. And who are you? I'm my brother. <laughs> I lost the biggest spot I ever lost was to him. <laughs> the weirdest fucking podcast <laughs> ever. Let me look this guy up because I think... Beppe, uh, I remember him, yeah. Beppe was, yeah, Beppe, I'm typing in beep beep into my uh, into Google. <laughs> you get the roadrunner is going to come up. Uh, I bumped into Beppe uh, and Dave... For fuck's sake. ...in Ayanapa and they stole all the fucking good-looking birds. I remember being very pissed off with, with the two of them. Jesus Christ, uh, this is getting weirder and weirder. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, I remember I'll that, give yeah, you I... my weird Bono story, will I? Go on, please. Pepe <laughs> DeMarco was the guy's name. That was yeah, 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 Michael. Uh, Michael Greco is the actor, right? On to so, uh, hang on. That's right. Final question on the poker, John. What? How did it all come to an end? He it didn't come wife. to an end, but like you know, uh, me and the I suppose in a casino, my last bit of money, aren't like that. It was just doing it for ten years. Uh, someone once put it to me quite succinctly when you're winning you really want to play and when you're losing you really want to play so wow. you just kind of constantly have to be on your game all the time and it, it just takes up too much of your of your life uh, and 10 years of that in a row was probably enough for me i want to do something different 
No, I, I think it is important to mention that gambling does ruin people's lives, so gamble responsibly. Yes. Now, Bono, oh, Mr. Jesus. Lee. Uh, so one night, third, 25 years ago, I was I went to uh, the school hall in Chanel College in Coolock, where I actually went to school. But I was going there that night to see Coolock Musical Society's production. <laughs> <laughs> of the gypsy song right one of the worst fucking musicals ever written i don't know why i was dragged up there uh, anyway we went up there and we're sitting in the school hall where i was the same hall where i was given weekly bollockings by various jesuit priests anyway that's a different podcast completely um, and uh, so we were watching the show, and uh, and it was muck. It was appalling. And uh, just before the show started, there was again murmurs, and uh, yeah, just this way. And the, the the crowd parted like fucking Red Sea. And in walked Bono, and his wife, and he was wearing this big sheepskin coat with a big collar and the glasses on. They were brought up to the front row, and they were sat down. And I said, "That's fucking Bono. That's fucking why the fuck is he in a school hall?" And Kulak watching the Gypsy Baron. And of course, the answer was his dad was in the show. Ah. His dad was a member of Kulak Musical Society for years and years and years and years. And Bonnie used to come and support them. And he would go to every, uh, if he was at home, they would do one musical year. He, if he was home, he would go and see it. And in fairness to him, he came, he sat through the whole show. And he, w- he went backstage late afterwards, got photographs with all the cast. And I thought, Holy shit, the Gypsy Baron, which has a song in it with lyrics including, why is he called the Gypsy Baron? Oh, no, why is he called the Red Baron? Because he wears a red cloak. Yeah. Yes, I'm not sure if classic. Bono got any lyrical inspiration that. <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, anyway, well, here's, here's, here's my here's my lame Bono story. Well, so I went to see, compared to that. I went to see you two in uh, no, it actually is. I went to see you two in Berlin in 2018, I think, and it was the final uh, leg of the European tour. I think it was the Songs of Innocence tour, or one of a similar name. And I was fortunate enough that some of the people I was with had connections with the band, so we got a bit of uh, pre-show, Ooh. a bit of pre-show backstage action, and that included. Um, they have like several layers of VI penis, if you want. VI penis? Oh, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't actually go. VI penis? Did you have to pay extra for that? <laughs> I never saw that option on Ticketmaster. The drop down menu. Do you want front row, stalls, or VI penis? <laughs> All right, that's a bad slip in the tongue. Oh, okay. People got into an inner but outer circle, and then others got into an inner circle, which involved actually going into a private dressing room and meeting the band before the show. And wow. in this dressing room, there was maybe eight of us. So it was it was it was that select and that exclusive. So you were on the inner, 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 inner circle. <laughs> right in the epicenter of it. All I was short of was going, going out on stage uh, with the band. So anyway, one by one they come in. But only three of the four came in, and the one who didn't come in was Bono. And we were deeply disappointed, but he he couldn't come and see us. And then we went to our seats uh to enjoy the show. And a lady arrived up with with a note that was passed to one of the people I was with, who Bono would have known. And the note was, dear, 
so-and-so. Um, so sorry I couldn't come, come and say hello. I'm on voice rest, but enjoy the show. So obviously his voice needed minding and he couldn't be doing all the chit-chat and pre-show. So he does the show and that's fantastic. And we all have a, a wonderful night and we end up uh, having a few drinks afterwards with, with some of the members of the, the wider U2 entourage. So the next day, there's one final show. They had two shows in Berlin and the final show was that night, that Friday night. And the people I had gone with all flew home, but I was making a weekend of it and I wanted to do some sightseeing and I hadn't been in Berlin in years. And weirdly, about six o'clock that evening, I get a text from a member of the U2 entourage saying, hey, Aiden, we heard you're still in Berlin. You're on your own. We'd love you to invite you to Soho House for the rap party tonight. Right? Get the fuck out of here. And I'm... Very hungover from the night before, but all of a sudden is I'm going on the piss with Bono. So off wow. I went out, got a bit of grub into me, had a few pints. I was texting the world and its mother literally going, I'm going out with Bono, I'm going to be partying with you two tonight. Oh my God, oh my God. And I'm drinking away, drinking away, getting getting the Dutch courage on. And then, you know, I'm like, what will I say to him? What will I, what will I talk to him about the Joshua Tree? Or will I question Octung Baby and was it a good album or not? And then I get a uh, another text from oh, saying, Aiden, I don't know if you've heard, but the show had to be cancelled. We're oh. really sorry. As a result, the party is cancelled. And I thought the worst of it, I thought something really bad had happened. Like, But it turned out he just tripped over his VI penis. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Something pretty much like that. He literally lost his voice on stage that night. Oh, and this uh, is you know, no doubt the worst thing that can happen to a singer, to a rock star. And it had rarely, if ever happened to him before. So mid-concert, they had to just call it and cancel it. And it was a like a big, for them, a big fucking disaster. So I guess no one was in the mood to party afterwards except me. And I felt like, because I'm a petulant little shit, replying going, can you not give the fucker a lemsip? Like, he's not dying. Yeah, we can, party still, still we, we can still party, but now. Nah. Yeah, we can just party with or without you. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh! No Bono, no party. So that was my almost nearly party with Bono shit story in Berlin that one, that one time. Wowzers. So back to Dubuque. Okay, it covers a lot in his life, literally from his very early childhood um, to his mother dying when he was very young, his strained relationship with his father, uh, the very early beginnings of U2 and Cedarwood Road where he grew up and uh, Temple, Temple, what's it called? Temple Hill? Oh, the school he went to? Yeah, yeah, I've just forgotten it there. Mount for Temple. Mount Temple, that's it. His house is called Temple Hill, that's it. And how, how the band was formed and how he met Ali and just a wonderful insight to the very early days of wow. uh, this band that were had these great dreams and aspirations and then how they slowly, slowly, slowly uh, grew into the biggest band in the world. And then he takes yeah. you on this wild ride through the decades, through all the various different albums, to many places around the world and gives you brilliant insights into... Wow. Meanings behind the songs, some of which uh, he's not revealed before, or certainly a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't have known the, the true meaning of them and the stories behind them and the reasons. And then yeah. he talks obviously a lot about his um his activism, his philanthropy, and very much comes back to the the kind of the mantra and the motto of you two, uh, that they want to be useful to the world. And he he'll be the first to say whether people like that or not, we feel we can uh but make when a he difference. says they want to be useful to the world, in what way? Well, more than just being rock stars on a stage by trying to cancel world debt, by trying to uh, eradicate AIDS, by pressuring and lobbying politicians and governments to to cancel debt and, and many more the, uh, other campaigns. Wow. When you think of Live Aid and Live Ace and all those other, uh, yeah. Red and all the other various ones they're involved in. Yeah, yeah. And there's just some brilliant anecdotes about all the world leaders he's worked with, partied wow. with, 
Um, he does impressions of them all. He does a wicked impression of uh, Bill Clinton and Mikhail Gorbachev, um, particularly when Mikhail Gorbachev ended up in Bono's house on a Sunday afternoon and the two of them skull and whiskey trying to solve the world together. Wow. Uh, stories about Angela Merkel and, and um, Nelson does he mention Does he mention Pavarotti? Oh, now, so I've just, I'm, I'm, I'm probably three quarters of the way through the book and uh, the last bit I listened to was all about Pavarotti yeah, and when they were, and he's got some great anecdotes about Frank Sinatra. Oh my oh God, my Simon. God. Just, I'm just, on it, I'm on it, I'm on it. Him drinking with Sinatra and then thinking he pissed himself on Sinatra's white leather oh, couch at home. Yeah. Um, so uh, some good stories about Pavarotti too and how Pavarotti uh, <laughs> really strong-armed him into working on uh, Miss Sarajevo. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And Passengers and all that kind of stuff. Um, so Pavarotti comes across as quite an interesting character, um, yes. but it's just—it's beautifully written book. It's really illuminating, introspective, um, very funny. And I think even if you don't like Bono, even if you don't like you too, I genuinely think you would really enjoy the book. And it's so well produced as an audio book goes. It's not just Bono sitting there reading dry on a microphone. Um, between the chapters, there's snippets of early recordings of particular songs he might be talking about. There's other sound effects used to uh, conjure up images and illustrate um, certain stories he's telling. So it's a really wow. well uh, produced audiobook. Probably, probably, probably most definitely the best audiobook biography I've ever listened to. And rock and roll in the 80s had tried this serious approach to trying to change its world, and we were a part of that. I'm very proud to be a part of, of that. But suddenly people had what they call compassion fatigue. And, uh, and the sight of a rock and roll singer, you know, standing on top of a dolphin whale or a rainforest, had people, you know, just closing their door, you know, just leave us alone, get on with the music. Wow. No, I praise that's it. a recommendation. Great job, Ado. Yeah, I'm glad. Jesus, I'm on that. I'm going to download that tonight. I think you'd really enjoy it. I honestly, re- yeah. really do. Yeah. Okay. Well, as a little spin-off uh, recommendation before uh, our weekly quiz, gentlemen, which I've just lined up here, just very quickly. Uh, I don't know whether I mentioned this before on the show, but there's, have you ever seen the, the Ron Howard documentary, Pavarotti? No. No. Um, this came out, it was only 2019, uh, and it came out, it was on Sky, Sky Atlantic, I think. Yeah, well, Sky Atlantic. Uh, it's uh, it's so it's basically the life, works, and achievements of of Pavarotti, directed by Ron Howard. It is. It brought me to tears. Pavarotti will be one of my heroes. I just adore okay. the man and or his voice and yet he had a But it's his entire story: where he was born, how he became an opera singer, how he became the best opera singer, and there are. It's dotted with moments like. The Miss Sarajevo thing, where he strong arms Bono into performing at this charity that he, this concert that he would have once a year, where much like you two and Bono, they, he, he tried to give something back by raising money for various charities. And he staged this concert every year. And one year he strong armed the boys. And, and there's, there's video document, video of him arriving into Windmill Lane where he that's, basically that's the story. That, that's the story. Yeah. The day previous, he was on the phone going, Bono, yeah. Bono, you have to write this song. You, you have, have to write this. Song, yeah, and and I was like, like, well, look, I'm with the band tomorrow. We're in the studio because the band didn't. And he fucking do. turned up. And, then he, he and there's a video. Hand. There's an amazing clips. Amazing clips of Pavarotti and Wilma Lane sitting with the lads. Yeah. And then it, it it goes on to the concert and it shows Bono and and Pavarotti performing Miss Sarajevo. And you can just see. And I remember. I remember. 
Bono was interviewed in the documentary, obviously about him because he knew him reasonably well, and and he talks about, you know, when Pavarotti approached him, and he said, suddenly I found myself on stage, and he said, my dad, he said, who was a fan himself, was a bit of a singer, and Pavarotti was his hero, and there I am standing beside the man on stage in this open air. Uh, festival singing and Pavarotti singing and you can see it when when Pavarotti opens up in that Miss Farrievo song for his section mm. you can just see Bono's face he just you can see him going oh my god what a voice it's just but anyway the documentary itself it goes through his his various scandals his marriages his kids his kids are interviewed in it and then his his ill health and it's just a beautiful piece of work if you have any interest in Pavarotti at all and it's in the hands of Ron Howard it's a beautifully produced documentary called quite simply Pavarotti and it's available on Sky Atlantic you'll find it there very good and he sang Um, he sang the greatest song ever used in the World Cup Oh, Nessu Dorma. Absolutely. Mm. It's, I mean, it's up there with two, bacon, two, sausage, two, rattle, two, <laughs> fucking, and all that. No, it's not. Um, if we ever qualify, if, and I know if it's we a, ever qualify again, it's a yeah. giant if, um, Pat Short and Simon Delaney duet on uh, the Jumbo Breakfast Roll, but we'll rewrite it with Irish. The football lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a fucking challenge. Uh, speaking of challenges, gentlemen, are you ready for a little cuisine? Two left backs, go. one goalkeeper, two strikers, and a false and an offset, and a var in the fucking yeah. This shit writes itself, as Homer Simpson said. I've got a little movie quiz for you, gentlemen. Brian is not with us this week. He's still recovering from last week's excitement. I've never heard or seen anybody so excited to be part of a quiz at all in my life mm-hmm. than Brian was last week. But I'm sticking with that thing. I'm going movies again this week, and these are bloody hard, lads. Uh, so uh, you haven't won around yet, Ado, against our illustrious producer, JC. Would I be right in saying that, JC? Thank you for the reminder. Technically, yes. Uh, but look, they're only easy when you get, when you actually know them. I think this, this could be Aiden's uh, fa- fault. hiding your light under a bushel. You, you've kicked his hole for the last five weeks, JC. <laughs> yeah, enough of your poker playing bluffing bullshit, JC. Gentlemen, who I would like, like to go first? I've got three questions each. Who wants to go first? Well, Aiden, I think John, yeah, I'll go first. Re- I think you being the reigning champion gives you uh, first dibs. John, right, I'll go first. Go on. Cue the music. The code in the Matrix comes from what Food recipes. These matrix questions, I never get them. Um, spag ball? I don't know, spaghetti bolognese, I have no idea. Wow, is the wrong answer, Edo. The code in the matrix. Think about it. So the code, there's oh, a code, I've never seen the fucking matrix. Ones and zeros, no. Well, well, it's it's made up of something, but the whatever the code is made up from, it's copied from a certain type of recipes. Certain type of recipes. So is it a dish? Can you give us that much? Um, it's a type of cuisine. Okay, I'll go French. The answer is sushi. So the production. <laughs> so the bonus fact here is that the production designer scanned symbols from his wife's sushi cookbooks, then manipulated them to create the iconic code in the Matrix. Hmm. Yeah, that writes itself. Yeah, thanks, man. 
Thanks, man. Yeah. It actually is really interesting. It, it actually is. People just didn't get it right. Divine their inspiration. It is nil nil. Uh, and Ado, it's your question. What was the name, Ado, of Meatloaf's character in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Well, you know, I'm not into any of that shite. Um, oh, it's clue in the title, Christ. Rocky. <laughs> um, Meatloaf's character in the um, Deco is the wrong answer. JC, steal oh, a point. Can't really remember. We had like one, maybe one syllable, one word name. Is it like Head? Oh, his name was Eddie. 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 Hard look. I mean, that was off the crossbar, but the score remains zero zero. Two questions left. Think about this, JC. Okay. Think about this. Who actually drew the sketch of Rose in Titanic? Oh, it'd have to be James Cameron himself, wouldn't it? Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. Wearing this. Wearing only this. Is the right answer. Yeah. Did he really? That's a bit creepy. There you go. There you go. And the fact is, unlike Jack's French girls, Kate Winslet wore a bathing suit while Cameron sketched the picture. So she wasn't in her nip and on anyway. You know uh, what I mean? Is that because DiCaprio couldn't keep it inside the lines? Ado. Yes. To go one all, what country does Forrest Gump travel to as part of the All-American ping pong team? Oh, yeah. God, it's years since I've watched that movie. Um, You would think it's an Asian country, wouldn't you? Or could it be a South American country? I know he did travel. He did travel wide and well. Korea. Is the wrong answer. Johnny, to steal it. China. Is the right answer. Oh, come on. So he's 2-0 up, one question left to go. But Edo, there's two points for this next question. I've just made that up to keep it fucking going. Which actor, Johnny, was in the following movies? The Outsiders, Wayne's World, and Tommy Boy. Brian is going to be listening to this scream of the answer at the radio. Screaming it. Um... Corey Haim is the wrong answer. Ado, come on, buddy. Come on. The Outsiders, Wayne's World and Tommy Boy. I think with my level of ability, it it should be a bit like bowling with bumpers. You should just reduce that question to complete the title. Well, I'll tell you what. This famous movie, Wayne. I'll give you you four options. Four. Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, Rob Lowe, or C. Thomas Howell. Okay, well, I'll eliminate two of those and I'll be left with Rob Lowe and Matt Dillon. Silence from Simon. I was trying to, I was trying to get a steer there. No, I will go steer. with Matt Dillon. Oh, it's Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Can I have one point for getting rid of no. two, four answers? No. Sorry, you don't. Who wants Chinese takeout? I know a great place. I'll have the cream of some young guy. Ado, this is your question. This is it. This is it. It's all on the line here. Freddy Krueger wears a striped sweater that is which colours? Okay, I can't Two answer. colours. I can't answer that. Black and red. Anyone can answer that. Even me. Is the wrong answer. 
Shut the fuck. No, it's oh don't don't tell me like it's Johnny. some other derivative of red. Johnny. Uh is it orange and black? Is the wrong answer. It's red and green. No, it's oh, not. Because it's because yes, it's all it dirty. Is. I'll have to adjust yes, it. it so basically Hold that on, exercise in, in trivia and quiz resulted in the same as the last five weeks. Johnny, you are this week's wiener. Yes. What have you learned this week, champs? <laughs> oh, I love it. That maybe I should be the quiz master and ask you to. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Why don't we flip it up next week? I'd love to be How hearing a that? few questions. How about that? I think I will just. Uh, well, I'll have a go against John next week. Gracefully be- bow out of, as being a contestant just for. I just think I need a period of rest. Will we do a World Cup quiz next week, Simon? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Bring it. All right. Hey-do. Yeah. Hey-do. I'm. I'm- I will delve into World that. Cup quiz next week. And I will come up with the world's it. hardest World Cup quiz. But what, did, what did we learn this week, though? Exactly. I know. We learned that John's a fucking professional poker player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to get past that, isn't it? <laughs> but it's but hard we, to get past that. We also learned. John, like, were you like Johnny Fast Fingers or Johnny <laughs> Shades or I don't know? <laughs> No, I never wore sunglasses at the table. For um, Johnny, I was more like belligerent when he loses. Johnny, maybe. Um, no, I was. Look, I was always a very uh, nice person at the table. It's important to maintain your manners, even if you're winning or losing. But Correct. I didn't have a nickname. But, uh, fast fingers, me, maybe that'll be my nickname Ooh. going forward. Morning, Vicar. Uh, what did you learn this week? I learned that not only is Bono trying to solve the world's problems, he's actually contributing to theatre on the north side at a very low level. Well done. Well done. And I've learned that if ever you're going to a gig with Edo, check your tickets <laughs> and make sure you've got the VIP-ness. See ya! See ya!